Hey, it's Tony. On today's show, we'll pit a man against a monkey when Chuck Todd calls in to pick games against Reginald the Monkey, who was hot last week. And we'll talk to Chuck Culpepper about Michigan's big win. But first, let's keep the sales weasels happy. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Michael, you were saying there was a lot of games that looked to have drama, but they didn't really have yeah, drama. Yeah, and if you're watching the Red Zone, uh, Scott Hansen was working oh, overtime. I hope he's getting some incentives for day. some the final the final day of the regular season performance. Million was, dollar bonus clause. Uh, he was and trying to tell you what's he, happening. He had the um, Scotto box. At one point, it was an eight. It wasn't an octo, but he was the guy in the last. And then box. they put the last box. They put it was the production room. They put the control room in. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. There's a lot of stuff. We're not going to get to all of it. We're not going to get to the coaches who were fired. And I don't. I don't care. Enough is enough. We're not going to get to the hires that the Washington management team has made, which are general managers in football and a general manager in basketball. I don't, you know, uh, we can explain that somewhere down the road. I wanted to get to one thing, though. We will get to the national championship with Chuck Culpepper. Um, Chris is here today, so we want to get to Chris. But I wanted to ask Michael, Tiger and Nike, that's officially over. What do you make of that? $500 million over, I think it was four, you know, renegotiations with the contract five hundred million dollars the one sponsor that stayed with him after that 2009 uh personal struggle 27 years why is he leaving nike uh so let's let's take a look at these the first contract was five years for 40 million dollars in 2001 which is the height of his tiger slam era. you get another five years up to a hundred million dollars uh right before the downfall in 06 eight years for 160 and the most recent 2013 200 million dollars Okay. So at that point, how can you afford to continue? No matter what he's worth to the brand, how can you afford to continue to pay the market rate for that? So you think Nike is backed away from Tiger more than Tiger has backed away from Nike? I would imagine so. If you just take a look at the way Nike's moves across the entire world uh, would would indicate that they that they did not necessarily get the return on that Tiger investment. But you start to think, what does that mean for the Sunday Red? What does that mean for the TW brand? 
Michael, there is, there are, you know, golf is one of those sports where what you wear matters. People pay attention to the brands. He brought back the mock, wear. the mock turtle. This Whoa. guy, there's nothing, nothing in Nicholas's career, nothing in anybody's career that rivals Tiger in red Nike on Sunday. There's nothing like that in the apparel business slash sports. There's nothing like that. Well, it made the apparel business for golf, and it brought back an athletic uh, look to golf. And I think some people actually wanted to go back to the traditional colors and fits that you saw with Arnold Palmer, where you had very stylish golfers, but it was about the personal choices, the colors, the cuts, not about the actual brand. And and with the swoosh, it became as much about the brand, which started to match the ferocity and the freedom of Tiger swing. And then you just can't forget those, you know, those indelible moments. You have the chip in at 16 at the 2005 Masters, which becomes the most perfect commercial of all time. You have Tiger bouncing the ball in the wedge. You have Tiger versus Rory. You have Tiger taking out the window panes. And then you even have those, um, those, those quiet commercials after Tiger's downfall where you started to think there is a reflection here and Nike wanted to be part of that rebuilding. Do you think Tiger, I mean, Tiger will play very, very occasionally, if at all, from now on, probably at Augusta, but I don't know how many other places. And he'll play at his tournament in L.A. Do you think Tiger will sign with another company? Uh, the word that I'd use for all this is equity, and, and the dynamics mm-hmm. in partnerships with athletes and any influencer has changed. Uh, I believe when Justin Thomas moved away from polo for various reasons and he got uh, a partnership with Grayson, there might have yeah. been equity involved in that, which ended up being a great uh, look forward for that growing brand. There's been rumors that TaylorMade is looking to get into the soft goods category. It would make sense if they were to go out and acquire a growing brand like a Grayson. And then since Nike Golf left the actual hard goods category, it would make sense if TaylorMade was going to acquire one of those and bring Tiger on board. I don't know. Uh, but the only way that you can that you can really try and hook someone like Tiger is to give them a stake of the company. Yeah. Just... I mean, we and I believe Charlie and... Woods, who was Grayson's latest signing, may show you what oh, direction they're going in. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. All right, let me get to a story that happened to me last night. This is my problem with Xfinity. I'm so glad Chris is here because Chris likes these stories more than anything else we do. I really do. So I get a bill. I get my Comcast bill. How many cable boxes are you up to? Four. Okay. Got to pay for each box. I understand. I think Scam. it's fifteen. Do you have DVR um, in each box. I don't. I have no idea what DVRs are. I'm sure he are. does. I doesn't know. Yes. I have no idea. My bill is two hundred ninety-four dollars. This is up from last month's bill, and last month they included a note saying, "Or you know, we have new rates." They don't say we have new higher rates. They just say we have new rates, mm-hmm. and they're higher. So as I'm looking at the bill, and I'm reading the bill, because I'm. Am I angry? I'm not really angry. But, you know, you think to yourself at some point, what are you doing? Because people cut these cords. Don't make me pay for your bad business decisions previously. But in any case, I see that there's a note on my bill that says I can get Peacock Premium for two years without paying. And then you have to pay the normal rates. Two years Why do I want to get Peacock? Well, I don't know. There's two things. One, they had a football game that I couldn't see. Yep. They had one of the games week 17, maybe. And they're going to have a playoff game. They're going to have a playoff game. game. Yeah. They They have have a playoff game. Watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I want to see, I guess, I want to see that playoff game. And, of course, they have a ton of English Premier League coverage. I I know that's something that's going to incentivize you. I don't care about that. 
But they also, I wanted to watch the movie The Holdovers, and I noticed it was only on Peacock. So I thought to myself, I I think I'd like to have this. And it says you can have it. Peacock Premium. You can have it for free for two years. So I do what any old person would do. I call up Xfinity. (laughs) Your faith in customer service is just... It's I find it, it it really is it, it's it's a piece of naivete that I admire like you still think that like they're going to help you I call up Xfinity you just start pressing zero 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 to get am, a person I am told <laughs> so true. I am ultimately told representative yeah I do that I am ultimately told that I can get to talk to a person but there's going to be at least a 10 minute wait and if i hit number 1 on my phone and give them my phone number they'll call me back oh yeah oh, oh yeah yep they'll call me and back you fell for that i did fall for that <laughs> just waiting by the phone 9 minutes well not just waiting by the phone <laughs> eating dinner 9 it's right it's before 7 cuz i figure maybe 7 is the cutoff maybe at a 1 minute to 7 i get a phone call from someone identifying himself as from xfinity and we begin to chat. It's a difficult accent for me to hear. And so, of course, I say, where are you physically? And he says, the Philippines. And I realize I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the best I can with this. And, and we're going to get through this, he and I together. And I talk about Peacock. And he says, yes, yes, you can get Peacock. I said, well, my wife's standing by the TV. And there's one of these codes that comes on. And we don't know what to do. <laughs> And we're not getting Peacock. This poor, right? poor man. And we look at, we try to like QR get code. a movie, and the movie says buy 1999. Yep. We're not buying this movie. Nope. And then it says watch for free, but when you press it, it nothing. Nothing happens. happens. Right. Nothing happens. <laughs> so I, he says, well, you need to call Peacock. There you go. And I say, okay, I'll call Peacock. What's the number? He says, let me put you on hold for a while while I get the number. Those journalistic instincts never go away. Yeah, let me put yeah. you on hold Chasing while I the get story, the number. Yeah. Well, he doesn't get the number. He says, they all say, that what I'm going to say now is what they all say. My Take computer a short is survey. down. My computer is down. Computer, so, computer's moving slowly. Yeah, System's moving yeah, slowly. Right, yeah, it's, it's not working. Sunspots. And I said, but uh, I want to get this. I want to wrap this up. I'm eager to wrap this up. Right. I want to do it. You're 15 minutes, I, say, 15 I said to now. him. I said to him, at least, if I give you my number, you've called me back once. If I give you my number, when you get the number from Peacock, will you call me back? And he says, yes. Yes. 10, 12 minutes later, he calls me back and he gives me this number. 1-800-420-3006. For all you people listening to this podcast, let me do that again. one Mm-hmm. 800 Hold on, let me just dial that. 420 3006. Like and a I, say, I say, I, I, we don't need the one here. And he goes, no, no, use the one. I use the one. I get a recording that says this number is not in service. <laughs> I want to kill myself. And I want, oh I want to kill myself. Well, I want to take the phone. I want to throw it through the window. Then I do it with the one. I do it both ways. And my recording says this number is not in service. How am I supposed to get Peacock? Which they want to give me for free for two years if I can't do it. Quick question that Michael hinted at. Beginning to end, how much time are you in so far? Is it a, is it a half hour yeah, or is it more? Yeah, six, no, it's about a half six hour. and a half hours at this no, point. No, no, no. It's about it's total. Okay, about so a half hour. it's an immersive experience versus so what you, watching just a show. It's so true. So what do you do next? <laughs> Dinner theater, really? Do you give up? I give up. You gave up. 
Yeah, what am I going to do? Oh, I wrote it down because I knew I had a podcast this morning <laughs> and I was going to tell this Nothing story. Nothing content. I want the Peacock for two years for free. I want that. Is there a- I, everybody who gets this bill gets this opportunity. I'm like everybody else. I so, want that. So I typed into the Google box just now. I, I have know, a computer with me. That. No, you don't do that sort no. of thing. Well, half. I typed in you Peacock customer service. Now, this will not make you happy. Same number? <clears throat> Contact us in customer service. It well, they want to text with you. I don't want to text with them. starting great. Yeah. And we'll start you out with a chat We bar. are here to help. No, you're not. You can use our help center to search through many articles to answer your questions. Additionally, our Peacock Helper bot, which mm. is accessed through the icon in the bottom right, right. is always available yeah, to help point you in the right direction. I want a person. Yeah, you don't want the bot. Uh, you can also follow them on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. I don't Ooh. have those. There is not a number. <laughs> is there a chance... That the number was disconnected between the time he gave it to uh, you and you dialed it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but this is the kind of thing drives that drives an old person insane. Yes. Young people don't do it. They don't care. They go to the website. They know what they're doing. I... I Am I, what ha- am I crazy? Uh, should I tell you that you should probably change your passcodes? Because apparently there was like a security leak with a lot of uh, Comcast emails. You probably don't even know you have one of those, but no. that, that might relate to your uh, to your bill. I'm I don't I'm know what committed, my pants. I'm committed is. to trying to find you a number here, uh, but it is d- not d- I like I usually think have a number. It's I not us- in service. I usually think the internet is the answer to all of our problems. No, the internet. But in fact, death. it is not. The internet is death. <laughs> um, everything that I yeah. Also, I don't understand. Just one other quick thing: if Verizon is offering the Peacock deal. Why do you have to call Peacock? It's not Verizon. Oh, it's, it's I, I mean, sorry, Xfinity. Xfinity. If, if Xfinity is offering, and I Peacock, have Comcast, then why do you have to? Why do you have to call Peacock know. to get the deal? It would make sense. The deal is being offered through Xfinity. That's right? what the guy said to me. He said, "Yeah, that's you have to do it. You have to go through Peacock." I don't even know what Peacock is. It's NBC streaming service. Yes, well, that probably doesn't yeah. clear things up for you, but. Anyway, Holdovers is a great movie. I'm disappointed. <laughs> that you'll now never see. I mean, yeah. Trying to scale the mountain and you can see the peak. It feels like that's a Michael let's, thing let's that he could maybe spend Chuck six Todd. or seven hours oh, I'm happy to, to fix. I think on Chuck Todd. I'm Tony Corner. <laughs> is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Well, I ain't no solid sender. Ain't got no smooth technique. But Lordy, when a pretty little girl walked by, you know my knees are getting weak. This is called Solid Sender. This comes from Ronnie Newmeyer who says that he knows I'm a big Everly Brothers fan. I am, and I got a show for you. This Saturday, January 13th, Newmeyer Flyer is doing a tribute to the Everly Brothers at the Creative Cauldron in Falls Church, Virginia. The show is part of the Passport to the World Festival they're presenting this month. His first song is called Solid Sender by the Rockasonics, featuring 27-year-old Willie Barry, who wrote the tune. Willie, Ronnie writes, along with my brother Louis Newmeyer, who plays upright bass on the song, will be among the performers playing more than two dozen Everly Brothers classics. Tickets are available at creativecauldron.org. I saw the Everly Brothers. Oh, you did? place in Virginia. What's the name of that place? The Birchmere? Yes, mm-hmm. I saw them there about 20 years ago. They were great. They hated each other, but they were great. <laughs> they were great. I mean, they are, come on now, why do you think the Beatles started out by calling themselves the Four Everly Brothers? The Everly Brothers are that great. This song plays in Chuck Todd. Chuck had a bad week, two and five. It's the worst week he had all year, but he's still 75, 56, and three. So if you bet with Chuck all the way up the line, you have, you're plus 19, you're making money. This week's picks with Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Bad week because I think that week 18, it's, it's almost like you shouldn't, Bet in week 18, right? Because yeah, so many people aren't playing. It's, well, it's like week one. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like it's like a new week one, right? You're not quite sure what teams are going to look like. You're not quite sure, oh, is this quarterback going to be any good? Is he not? Um, yeah, I overthought a lot of things. Well, that you know, It's like you, 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 you do your, like, watch the game, you're like, oh. Like, I, you know, a couple of the picks I still feel right about. I mean, Indianapolis should have won that game. I thought you talked yourself into Baltimore by virtue of the fact that Baltimore doesn't lose exhibition games. I did. I did. And I just don't have a lot of – I don't know what to think of Pittsburgh. I mean, they might be the worst 10-win team in the history of the NFL. Well, offensively, they stink. Although Mason Rudolph, I think, now is 3-0. and Anyway, you have a chance to bet against them this week. We'll start. Let's do it. Yeah, Cleveland is at Houston. Houston has a home game because Jacksonville are serious choking dogs. And you've got to wonder – if Trevor Lawrence is all that. I mean, you really have to do that. Cleveland is the favorite on the road with 80-year-old Joe Flacco. (laughs) Um, And he's a great story. And Cleveland's got a real good defense. But Houston has been, I would say, well, these are the two surprise teams of the year. And they're the two teams vying for coach of the year, Stefanski and and D'Amico Ryans, I think. Cleveland is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Houston. I'm a little surprised by that. Where are you going? By the way, if you have four starting quarterbacks and you make the playoffs, wow! I think it's not a contest. Yeah, you think it's Stefanski? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a contest. That's that's remar- that's remarkable. Yeah, I mean that that really is that that's a a coaching marvel. This is the Deshaun Watson Bowl that we're not talking about. That's exactly right. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, yeah. We're not to speak of that. It's tough to bet on a um, rookie quarterback in the playoffs. Right. Right. I mean, the history just says it all. And, when, and yes, Flacco's 100. He's also been in this moment 100 times. That's right. You know, so I, uh, this is where I'm going to go with old sort of <laughs> the old betting schools. Experienced quarterback, 
inexperienced quarterback. Give me the experienced quarterback. Oh, and who's got the better defense, right? Cleveland. You know, it playoff games, right? Defense, quarterback, and coaching. Right? Yeah. Um, well, Houston. That's sort of where my head is at, and Houston, I and I, I like Cleveland in all three of those. Plus, sports. it's two and a half. So if it's a field goal game, yeah, it's a little bit easier. Okay. Yeah. Miami, who is this is an overrated team. Team stinks, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Totally overrated wrong. team. <coughs> Excuse me for coughing. They're at home in a critical game against Buffalo at home. Everybody says their offense is great. So 14 points. Mm-hmm. That's all they got. They're at Kansas City. You get three and a half. Me, I would take Kansas City even though they're a disappointment. What are you going to yeah. do? Well, that's the thing. Again, is this to his first playoff start? I don't know that. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. And if it's not his first, it's his second, right? Like, you know, so it, it's either first or second. And how do you bet against Mahomes? I mean, that's a stupid idea. I mean, I'm not – look, If I'm not going to be shocked if Miami wins this game because there's something wrong with Ken, right? These are two teams that feel like – remember the old Newsweek, up arrow, down arrow? Yes. I kind of think both are down arrow. Now, Kansas City feels like a just below – Right, just sort of trending downward, where Miami looks like it. You know, it's a decided arrow. Um, but but this is the Patrick Mahomes rules, right? In the playoffs, not betting against that guy until till they're on the road. Know, I'd rather lose him exactly. Yeah, all right. I, I think it's going to be fairly cold in Kansas City this Saturday as well. That hurts Miami. Does what were you going to do? By the way, the Dolphins had a weird. Uh, you were right. I saw you yesterday. You said, you know, once Jacksonville lost, it sort of took the oh, edge off of the game. It did. Right? It made the game less interesting. Like, you wanted to see, you know there was going to be something very Buffalo-like had they needed that game to just be in the playoffs, right? That had been some field goal that hits a doink or whatever, yeah. right? Overtime, something like that. But Miami then all of a sudden had a choice. You either win and your reward is Buffalo again for a third time, or you lose and go to Kansas City. It felt like they just didn't have a very good option. No, that that makes sense to me. All right, here's Pittsburgh, the team you hate, at Buffalo. Weather's not going to matter because Pittsburgh weather, Buffalo weather, you know, you learn how to live with that. Pittsburgh's getting 10. 10 is really wow. a lot. 10? 10 is a lot. Is that what it is, Nigel? 10? Yes, 10. 10. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> 10. 10. Tomlin, yeah. ten points. Ten. Yeah, I, I, I. Uh, that's too many points in a playoff game with my with the Steelers involved, right? This feels like if they they'll they'll slow the game down if they have to. Ten points. Ten is a lot. Josh Allen is lovely to watch, but he throws interceptions all the time. He does. He's the reincarnation of Brett Favre. I saw this as a Packer fan. Oh. Brett Favre threw two interceptions every game. every game. Every game. And he threw for th- – but he also made four plays. You were like, oh, my God, how did he do no, that? No, Josh Allen, when he runs, is terrific. Yeah. He's just terrific. But, but that's what I feel like we're watching here. And whatever you think of Brett Favre, the guy only won one Super Bowl for a reason, right? There was always this three steps forward, one step back. Three steps forward, one step back. Enough for a Hall of Fame, enough. But there was always something hanging over his head. Anyway, he just reminds me a lot of Favre. So you'll take um, Pittsburgh? Steelers in the points. Okay. Yeah. Green Bay is getting seven and a half. Green Bay is a surprise getting into the playoffs. Jordan Love has been great the last eight weeks. In the last eight weeks, Jordan Love, and I, I was one of those people who thought he was no good. And so I was wrong. 
Um, Jordan Love yeah. has 18 touchdown passes and one interceptions in the last eight weeks. The team is 6-2. and two. They are at Dallas. Mike McCarthy coached Green Bay and won a Super Bowl there. This, as Wilbon would say, fascinating subplots. But he says that about the NBA, not anything else. Green Bay plus 7.5. That's a lot of points. But Dallas has been terrific at home. Terrific. Mm. Did you see the Jerry Jones comment about McCarthy? No. He said, we're evaluating it game by game or something like really? that. It was, yes. Oh, God. It Jerry was something. Jones. It was basically like, okay, if he didn't know that the playoffs mattered to Jerry's assessment of his job, he does now. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, this is another one where this feels like um, – and I'm going to use my old Packer fandom, when Brett Favre first got the Packers to the playoffs, every year it seemed like they'd lose to Dallas at Dallas, and they couldn't get over that hump. And this feels like that Jordan Love's going to have to do that for a couple of years. I agree with you. Uh, I, I agree. Yeah, you know, that, that they're apprenticing. This is early. This will be a reminder. That hook bothers me a little bit, but I don't, I don't want to, you know, seven feels feels like the correct line, but but I just don't buy the Packers win this game. So um, give me Dallas to cover. I agree with that. The Los Angeles Rams, who just two years ago won the Super Bowl and then collapsed last year and built themselves back up in the second half of this year, are at Detroit. Matthew Stafford was the quarterback in Detroit for eight to ten years. Uh, the potential heartbreak of this game, if the Rams win, is makes me happy beyond words. <laughs> that the Detroit Lions fans could lose to the guy who was their quarterback, and the day they traded him away, he won a Super Bowl. I mean, it's just it's almost too good to be true. But Detroit's a better team than the Rams. They're better. And Dan Campbell, who I thought was a bozo, is not. And they will run through a wall for him. This is three and a half. It's a tough number. What do you like in this one? This is a, um, a matchup of two Super Bowl quarterbacks. I think it's the only one in the playoffs. Is that right? I think that's right, right? Stafford, okay. Groff, I'm looking. You know, no, I, yeah, I you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't think there's another matchup with that. Um, so, right, defense, coaching, quarterback. These quarterbacks feel about even, I guess, slight advantage, Stafford. I just, you know, I'm going to go with the Rams here because Campbell – I didn't understand the two-point conversion business. It's one <laughs> well, he won thing. the game. They took the game away from him. I understand that. But then you throw a temper tantrum and go for two again seven yards out. Yeah, twice you go. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. That's, that's like, you know, I'm, I'm, no, I'm really mad. You know, no, I'm really, really mad. You know, I mean, you know, I'm going to pound my fist even harder on the table. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. So I, that just tells me that Campbell might make a dumb decision in a, in a stress situation. I don't know. I just, that, that sort of bothered me about his ability as a playoff coach. So I'm going to take, take the Rams here. I think I would go the other way in this game because I think Detroit's significantly better, but we'll see. The most amazing line on the board is the Philadelphia Eagles are favored. Uh, this is what people think of Tampa Bay. The Philadelphia Eagles are minus three at Tampa Bay. The Philadelphia Eagles have lost five out of six. The only game in those five they won was against the Giants and in the rematch two days ago, the Giants pounded them into sand. The Giants stink. They stink. Something has happened tragically to the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Are they better than Tampa Bay? Sure. But are they better right now than Tampa Bay? Because they look terrible. Where are you going in this one? What do you think of Tampa Bay against Carolina? They only scored nine points, right? right. Yeah. They, they were terrible. Terrible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Is Baker hurt? That's the speculation. Well, he's wearing a flak jacket. I mean, maybe. Yeah. You know, I don't know. And if you, you know, look, he, I like him as a quarterback, but, I, you know, I don't love him. I don't love him. Nobody loves him as a quarterback. But Philadelphia. No, but I admit, I'm kind of rooting for, for this little comeback of his. You right. know, he was yeah, me too. He was kind of overwritten off. Like, I mean, yeah. I never thought he deserved to be the number one overall pick. But he also didn't deserve to be just thrown away like the Browns threw him away. By the way, he'd be pretty good with the Browns right now, wouldn't he? Yes, Had I believe that. nothing. Had they done nothing, focused on their defense, are they any different this year? Hmm. No, not not when you go through four quarterbacks and everything is, you know, throwing stuff against the mm-hmm. wall to see what sticks. No, they're not any different. Mm-hmm. No. I, I it's hard to bet on the Buccaneers here. Given given all the talent that the Eagles have, and one would assume that that they still have an unstoppable play and all of those things. They are the luckiest team in the draw that they get Tampa Bay. Right? Yeah, their reward, though, is uh, their reward is likely, barring a, a Packer upset uh, of the Cowboys, their reward is likely the Niners. That's no good. <laughs> that's no, no good. What, right? like, that's, it, no, it, that's no good. It, it is it. It is. We're going to be wrong. I, you know, there's going to be a big upset here, and I guess Tampa winning would be would be an upset. But I'm not. I'm not willing to. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give that to the monkey. Okay. Should, the monkey should be all, all over this. <laughs> all over Tampa. He loves Tampa. He's a Florida man at heart. Excuse me, a Florida ape at heart. <laughs> Thank you, Chuck. Bye, guys. Good luck, Chuck Todd, boys and girls. And if we just gave you Chuck Todd, that'd be more than enough. Plenty. More than enough. But we give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, Everybody tap, tap, tapping on, on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the vice by two. Sometimes he throws poo, poo, poo. And he's had too much Johnny Walker blue. So I'm curious about this. The monkey had a great week. He had his best week of the year. He's 3-0. Yeah. He's 24-28-2. and two. He's got a shot now at Mount 500. He can see it. But the monkey usually picks three games. There are six on the board. What is the monkey picking? I, I had three, maybe a lean on a fourth. No, but it's didn't, okay. It's didn't all pick right. all. A wiggle yeah. on a fourth. Yeah, right. a little bit of a wiggle. So um, the, I went down to the National Zoo, as I always do every week, and it was a well, ruckus scene. Mick Jagger said, I went down to the celebration to get my fair share <laughs> of abuse. <laughs> yeah. so good. Uh, and it was the... It was hosting a party, the after-after party for the Golden Globes. Oh, so I guess he flew everyone out from the West Coast to sort of continue the the great fun, rubbing elbows with A-listers. I saw a few that I thought you might be interested in. Uh, Tippi Hedren was there, Dick Van Dyke, and Snooki (laughs) from Jersey Shore with Earth, Wind, and Fire playing in the background. I never watched one second of Jersey Shore, (laughs) and it was sort of a phenomenon. No giant phenomenon. I never watched a second of it. I mean, um, I saw her. I knew who she was. Yeah. I saw the situations. The situ- I said, Mike, the situation. It seems like you've seen more of the show yeah. than you realize. Yeah, you watch every episode. Yeah. You know. um, did you see, just fun Golden Globes fact, did you see Paul Giamatti? It, well, you didn't see it, Tom, mm. because it was on social media. But Paul Giamatti afterward 
Did he win? He did for the win. holdovers. Oh. Did you see the holdovers? No, I haven't. Oh, it's but right I in your wheelhouse. It's, it's, it's no, it's the, lovely, and you should go see it. But As Giamatti went to prep school. But Giamatti is at an In and Out Burger ordering with the Golden Globe just sitting on the thing, just in a tux. He's, yeah. He seems like the I greatest. I think he was sitting down to eat. Yeah, he <laughs> ate there. Right I, hope he's, I hope he's a good guy. He's so, you have to see that movie. I hope nobody ordered Merlot. Oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> not Merlot. I have not had Merlot since I saw that movie. <laughs> Is it sideways? I, 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 just, sideways, sideways yeah. I drank the Kool-Aid on it. I have not <laughs> Everyone Merlot. did. If you order Merlot, I will walk just, out of that it restaurant. It destroyed the industry. It destroyed the Merlot industry. It's, so it's like, what? It's like, Almost what happened to Bud Light. Where people who just don't buy Bud Light. Right. Which is why Bud Light brilliantly took Emmett Smith and Peyton Manning oh, yeah. and put them in a commercial. Mm-hmm. Brilliant strategic move by Bud Light. Go ahead. What does he got? Uh, so the first match we gave him was uh, Houston at home getting two and a half from the Browns. Uh, and Reginald showed me a lovely old photograph of him at a pie-eating contest <laughs> with Bum Phillips, Joe Sambito, and Al Del Greco. Okay. Tells me Houston. he's got ties to the Houston area. He'll take the Texans <laughs> okay. with the points. Next a match we give him... contest. Yeah. Well, Interesting. He, he loves pie. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. not his Good first... Good point. Good yeah. point. Next one we gave him was uh, the, uh, the Bills at home giving 10 to the Steelers. And this was an, another old photograph of Reginald eating wings at the Anchor Bar with, with Don Beebe, Phil's mom, and Alexander McGilney. It seemed like a, like a lovely time. I think they get together a lot, that, that yeah, four. So old number 89. Yes, tells me he's going to take the Bills and lay that big number, 10 points. No respect for Pittsburgh. Um, the next match we gave him was Detroit at home, giving three and a half to the Rams. Another photograph, this one in the newspaper, of Reginald at Motown Records with Barry Gordy. Apparently, he was the fifth temptation back when they were called the Primes, left the group to pursue an acting career. How but did that work out for him? I think he did okay. Yeah. Like he missed best situation. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yes, but he will take the, uh, the Lions in that. And then I just I showed him a picture of Tampa, and I showed him a picture of Philly, and he threw his poo at Philly. <laughs> yes. Tells me, I mean, it wasn't an official pick, but he's right. leaning <laughs> Tampa. Okay. Wonderful. We will take a break. This week's picks with Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey have been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. When we come back, Chuck Culpepper will review the national championship game from last night. I am Tony Kornheiser. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. One more time, Ronnie Newmeyer sends this out. You can get tickets to his Everly Brothers tribute at the Creative Cauldron in Falls Church, Virginia, this Saturday night. Just go online to creativecauldron.org. The song is called These Things Will Come. It's written and sung by Jess Elliott Meir, M-Y-R-H-E, Meyer, Meir and performed with her group, the Bumper Jacksons, who will also be performing there this weekend in the Everly Brothers tribute. This just is great. wonderful. It's really great. Michael, if people want their original music played on this show, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. Chuck Culpepper joins us now. He has followed the college football playoff 
He was there in Houston last night. He's a terrific writer, just terrific. I'll get to the game in a little bit, but I wanted the sort of overall feel. The whole playoff, this is the last time we're doing four. I, I thought it worked great. I'm, I have no sympathy with Florida State, so I just thought it worked great, and I thought the first two games were great. Last night's game, not a great game, but it's two undefeated teams, and I don't like the idea of 12, but you look at this for a living. How did you think the playoff played out this year, and what are your thoughts about 12 next year? I thought that the system we have now with the committee is is pretty much by far the best there's ever been. I still keep in mind, you know, all these years that preceded it, both with the BCS and then before that, where we had arguments all the time and nutty things happening all the time. And the, the whole idea that we we did it by a, a set of votes. Then there were two sets of votes, the AP and the coaches. Right. This was way back when. <clears throat> and then they'd sometimes they'd be different. I mean, I thought that the best thing about the committee is that they evaluated strength of schedule uh, more than anybody ever had, I think, and they considered that more than anybody ever had. And I, I think that's exactly what they did in choosing Alabama over Florida State, uh, one of the main components of that. And so I think that the 14 playoff, th- this was the only year where it had a major, major controversy, you know, where it was really right. argued and right. brought to state houses and all that <laughs> yeah. delirious stuff. <laughs> but uh, it, it, um, I think it worked, it worked the best. And I think it worked really well this year also. And 12, 12 will be great for, for different reasons. It will, I think it, I really do believe it will have, uh, more quieter arguments they won't be as loud yeah nobody cares about the 13th team that's left out nobody cares except uh l louise lasser in the virginia house of delegates or something and wants to sue everybody and go to war with the ncaa (laughs) anyway um i would point this out that the four teams at the end don't tell me what conferences they're in now because next year two are in the big 10 and two are in the sec and, Chuck, that just strikes me as exactly where college football has gone, to the Big Ten and the SEC. It's almost like we've, for one thing, taken the West Coast and folded it into other places, you know, and, and it's you – know, I, don't, I don't know of anybody who – I don't know if I've run across anybody who really likes it at all. They know it's, it's – and seems to be headed towards some sort of super league at some point, yeah. which could – I guess could be exciting if you had, say, tiers of 20 or something with promotion and relegation, like soccer or that kind of thing. That could, that could be fun, but I, it, it um, saps some charm out of it. There's no question. So Wilbon and I had this question yesterday on PTI, which is, which is a better story, if you're a writer, which is a better story? Michigan winning after this sort of incredibly... Um, crazy year for them where their coach didn't coach six games you know either by virtue of his school telling him not to or his conference telling him not to or Washington in the death of the Pac-12 winning this thing and what and Wilbon said Washington 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 I said no I said Washington that's just something sentimental I said I would rather hear if Michigan wins I'd rather hear from the players on that team 
how they hung in there and won every single game with everything going on around them and their coach not allowed to be on the sidelines during those six different games. I thought that was the better story. I believe that. If I present that to you, which to you is the better story? Well, I had two leads written in my head, and I liked the Washington one better. So I went with, and with the Washington. The Washington one struck me as some kind of sick joke, if that had happened, you know? Yeah. That here was, here was this league that did not get into the playoff since 2016-17 at all until this season. And are, are we really, really going really to have it where in this final season, for stretches of the year, it was the best league. It had the yep. best quarterbacks, for one thing, yep. um, which has stunned me. And then, and then are we going to have it where also they get into the playoff and, and then win the playoff? Uh, that would have been just that would have been just something that would have been really fit the adjective college football. You know, that would have been so college football for that to happen. You know, just whatever the most lunatic thing would be. Um, as for Michigan, you know, you talk about how they they won amid all the noise. I think it helped them the noise you really. Know, the, the derision from the outside, and I think, I think, athletes and coaches scour the earth sometimes for things like that for everybody to be against us and look for a, you know, a slight that comes out of the other side of the world and try to use it as motivation. But their last six wins: Penn State, Maryland, uh, Ohio State, Iowa, Alabama, Washington. Pretty that's, good. That's that's great. That's pretty good. That's great. So I had the only thing, I mean, I watched the first half. I didn't last for the whole game, but I, um, two things struck me, and certainly in the first half, and I'm sure in the second now that I've seen all the highlights. Michael Penix Jr. hurt himself for the NFL. I mean, he wasn't any good. I mean, he had open guys, and he couldn't hit open guys. Um, I, you knew that Michigan's defense was good, but he had open guys and missed them. And the second thing that I thought about was the only mistake I thought Michigan made, and it turned out it didn't really matter. I would not have gone on fourth down with eight minutes to go in the first half from the 45 or 47, whatever it was. I would have pinned Washington back there. I would have said, if you're going to score, you go the length of the field, pal. And they did score. And then I began to think, ooh, this game could go the other way. There was nothing in that first half that I thought they did wrong until they did that. And I wondered, you're watching the game. Did you have the same feelings? Exactly that. I thought a punt there, and, and especially with the defense that you have. And the one thing about Penix is there wasn't space out there. They weren't, you know, for his receivers especially. They weren't, they weren't allowing a lot of space. And it looked like that feeling started to build through the game, and, and it started to maybe contribute to some of those those overthrows a uh-huh. little bit of hurry in them mm-hmm. a little bit of amped upness in them but yes and you know that fourth down i thought if they sent them back like to the 10 or sure. something and they're and going then, into halftime 17-3 if they do that they are right? and then we had the very te- what they are exactly and then you had the very one of those very teams that you do not let up a team that was masterful at winning close games that won all those yeah you know one possession score get one score games in a row and just you know had learned to do that with such such ability that i you know when that when kaylin DeBoer, their coach said with five minutes to go it's 
were down 27-13, I still thought there was a lot of hope. Kind of believed him because they'd done the, not that kind of thing, but they'd done late game heroics so much that I thought they had this confidence about them that I thought they were going to win as of halftime. So it's interesting to me that my, I, I know that the Pac-12 was good this year. I know they had a bunch of good teams. But if you ask me what's going on in the Pac-12, my first response was always going to be, God, USC has no defense whatsoever. USC can't stop anybody. And Washington could not stop Michigan from running. Even when they surrounded a running back, if he bounced off, there was an open lane. They, they just, I know we think that it's a good league, but if your best team can't stop the run, Michigan ran for over 300 yards, Chuck. That's unbelievable. I mean, in, 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 it, you have to go back to the 1950s when teams ran like that, right? Right. And those lanes, on the, especially on those two plays, those two touchdowns that we're thinking about where, yeah, first where Donovan Edwards bounced out, Yeah, those lanes were enormous. Yes. They were prairies. Yes. They were running across the field. You know, they, they opened fields. They were, yeah, and that uh, Washington linebacker said that those were what's called misfits by the defense, but... But I, I, yeah, that Washington defense was the, statistically the unit that you would worry about the most before the game. And that, I, I just didn't think that the, it would be done by the run like that. But, it, you know, that's a great point. It, you know, it, the Pac-12, I mean, maybe you'd say the SEC, the Big Ten weren't, especially the SEC maybe wasn't as far ahead of the others this year if it was ahead. Um than it is in past years, but you know the the mark on the Pac-12, is, you know, is defense. Yes, I watched a bunch of Michigan games this year. This is the best game they played. This is the championship game against the only other undefeated team, a team that wins every single close game, a team that passes every single test. Michigan drummed them. This is the best. They weren't this good against Penn State or Ohio State or Alabama. They weren't. Their defense was fine. They didn't score like this. I, I mean, you know, I sort of wonder, is this an indictment on the entire Pac? I mean, nobody cares except me. But is it an indictment on the Pac-12? Because they just did not defend. It, it, certainly, it's, it certainly became that moment where, yes, yes, where you, you could say, I mean, look, if you look at the league and you look at teams that have defended traditionally, you know, well, Utah comes to mind, for one. And there were a lot, and Oregon State is good in a lot of cases this year. There, there, are, there were a lot of teams this year in the Pac-12 who had good rankings, and Arizona was perhaps the hottest team in the country by the end of the season, and, uh, which is something to say. But, yes. There's no question, absolutely, that that looked like uh, Big Ten versus Pac-12 in the way that we would indict the Pac-12. It used yeah. to be we would indict the Big Ten by saying they're too slow, they're not dazzling enough, they go out there to the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day and get circles run around them. But, yeah, that's certainly what you're saying. It certainly looked like that. Loved, loved all the writing. Loved the sand trap story on the golf course next to the Rose Bowl. Loved everything you've done in the last few weeks. Been great. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you so much, Tony. Thank you, Chuck Culpepper. You should just read his stuff. He he 
He owns the story. He really does. We'll take a break and we will have email and jingle when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Oh, here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all of you folks. Gonna read some for all of you folks. That's impressive, isn't it? That's that's impressive. Is that like to, a barbershop quartet? Line? That's one guy. I'm is that sure. the alternative I, opening. I think to that's different tracks. Biff Gout or Gaunt. G a u t. And his brother and his, and his brother Hap. And his brother Hap. Yeah. Biff. Uh, <laughs> it's the latest submission from your official half deaf jingler. I hope you, Michael and Nigel, find it worthy. Very lovely. Yes. Love. Thank that. you, Biff. It's in the rotation. Bethesda Bagel, Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com. Forward a location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop one in, my friend, and you will be thrilled. That's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say Billy Ray was a preacher's son. When his daddy would visit, he'd come along. When they gathered around and started talking, that's when Billy would take me walking out the backyard. We'd go walking. Then he'd look into my eyes. Lord knows, to my surprise, the only one could ever reach me was the son of a preacher man. That's Dusty Springfield. That's a great tune. Yes. Love it. That's yes. a great yeah. tune. Made faint, re-famous by Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Yes. yes. The Oma Thurman. Yes. Great tune. Yeah. Thanks to our guest today, Chuck Todd, Chuck Culpepper. It's a day of Chuck's. Thanks as well, Chuck Rose. Thanks as well to today's sponsors. <laughs> and remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. And if you get the show through Apple, please leave us a review. Let's look at the email today. Brandon Borzelli, our old friend from Lebanon, New Jersey. The old man walks into a room where his family awaits. He holds up the sweater, the gaping hole for all to see, and looks at his most trusted friends, his connections, where the words family take on more meaning than just blood. The old man looks Michael in the eye and questions almost pleads. Can you get the knitting hook and fix it? Once, for old time's sake. <laughs> Michael shakes his head subtly as a hand from behind takes hold of the sweater and walks the garment to a waiting car. The sweater is placed on the front passenger seat. There's an unknown driver, but sitting in the back, Clemenza. The old man knew the sweater, his second favorite sweater, would sleep with the fishes. Mort. That's a great email. From Justin Johnson in Arlington, Virginia. If larvae grow to become moths, do moths then grow <laughs> go on to grow into chimps? I think that's, that's how it works. works. Yes, yeah, that's, that's evolution. Yeah, that's science. From Bill Garner yeah. in North science, Potomac, yeah. Maryland. Build me up Buttercup, <laughs> least favorite song, the, the defense rest. Build me up Buttercup's bad, but it's not. It's not on the horrendous. that list. Yeah. From Gary Van Giesen, I hope I pronounced that correctly, with apologies to Wilbon, the 85 Bears Super Bowl shuffle has got to be one of the worst songs ever. Well, it's not really a song, is it? No doubt they were a great team. Singers, not so much. Even Richard Dent couldn't defend that embarrassment. Then again, who was going to tell them they couldn't sing? No one, that's who. So we all <laughs> suffered through it. Great team. Lousy song. Uh, from Connor. I hope this finds you well. My name is Connor. I work on the media team for Web Summit. I wanted to reach out to you regarding our upcoming inaugural event in Doha, 
for Web oh. Summit Qatar <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, 2024, sure. which this will take place right up your aisle. this February 26th through 29th. See, you be interested in joining us. <laughs> we'll be announcing some more of our speakers for the event in the coming days and weeks. Take a look at some of those that have already been announced at a link here. I've also left a list of previous speakers at the end of this email for the sense of the quality that comes to our events. Some highlights include groundbreaking sessions across tech, sports, automotive, oh, robotics, sure. climate change, marketing, startups, investment, and more. Network with 7,500-plus attendees, including 500-plus media, 600-plus startups, and 300-plus investors. Gain insights and interview influential speakers, some of whom can be found here. Complimentary press pass, providing you with access oh. to all days of the event. <laughs> okay. Dedicated press facilities, including interview booths, booths broadcast spots, podcast facilities, and workspaces. Uh, interview and press conferences, exclusive access to interviews to top speakers and investors alongside access to press question and answers. Here's some speakers in the past. This is Connor Galvin. Uh, Al Gore spoke. Tony Blair spoke. Justin Trudeau spoke. Uh, that's Mark Cuban spoke. That's a heavy hitter. Uh, uh, other Interestingly, I'll be speaking in Andrew Doha. Yang spoke. <laughs> I don't know these other people. Um yeah, it's Let's lovely. Let's get to the speaker's fee. I'm not going to go. I mean, <laughs> well, you get a complimentary press pass. Yeah, you don't I just think, get that I from anyone. I mean, I have that. no idea why. I have no idea why they would want me, <laughs> and I am not going to go. But it's it's very sweet. It's yes. very nice. Thank yes. you to Connor Galvin. Respectfully declined. From Retainer. Chris Erickson. <laughs> I know this email is about three years late, but early in COVID, when the butter of mayonnaise on grilled cheese debate was the topic of the day on the show, I broke my long. Lifelong practice of using butter. I made a grilled cheese with Hellman's, my old standby mayo, for other sandwiches. It was without a doubt the worst sandwich of my life. And I thought Michael, who advocated for mayo, was surely trapped inside a house with a rambunctious two-year-old and losing his mind. Fast forward to a few weeks ago and I wanted a grilled cheese but was out of spreadable butter. Not wanting to wait for the Kerrygold to soften. I tried... Gotta get the tub of Kerrygold. <laughs> I it on the tried counter. primal <laughs> brand avocado oil chipotle lime mayo on my sandwich out of sheer desperation and morbid curiosity. It was an absolute revelation. Yesterday, I switched it up further, used a blend of Tillamook tar- sharp cheddar and a smoked gouda with bacon and the same mayo, and the result was one of the world's great sandwiches. Call me a convert and please tell Michael. So you win in the end. Uh, yes, I, I would have recommended Dukes from the start, but, you know. Yes. Dukes of the mayo bowl where yeah. they pour the mayo over That's the right. winning coach's head. That is disgusting. <laughs> Did you see the reporter where he, like, dipped a vegetable on the guy and ate it? Just, like that he's doing a bit? Mm. From Nathan Ackerheim in um, Charlotte, North Carolina. There can't be a podcast on Spotify with better descriptions than the Tony Kornheiser show. Monday, January 1st. Tony opens a show with a problem he's having with his second favorite sweater. <laughs> Tuesday, January the 2nd. Tony opens the show by talking about some potato chips he got. Just great. Just great. I yeah. ate the French onion last night. Stan Ooh. Longhoffer. That does a good. While I know you won't come, given your fascination with all things lunar, I would be remiss if I didn't invite you and the Wichita area littles to Wichita Repertory Theaters. Latest production, The Old Man and the Old Moon. It's a whimsical origin story for how the moon came to wax and wane. <laughs> Told through story, song, and puppetry, The Old Man and the Old Moon is sure to delight audiences aged 8 to 108. Performances are this weekend. That's January 11th to 14th. Tickets can be purchased at uh, ictrep.simplitex.com. Littles, I don't know what that means. ictrep.simpletex.com. Dot com. Littles can get 50% off all tickets by using the code Tony K at checkout, as they say. Use the code, people. From Harry Hawkins. I, we know Harry. Harry was a, went to the work caddy. for ESPN. He caddied. He's a lovely kid. 
from Harry Hawkins in Bristol, Connecticut. All right, we wound up 4-13. and 13. Not very good. <laughs> there was one worse than us. I guess that's one positive way to look at it. We weren't the worst team in the league. Yeah, Carolina was the And there was a team. great streak. There was, um, that's right. They, Carolina was worse. New England was worse. Well, I think they tied. Well, they tied. Not, not by draft order. I know, but I'm yeah. by yes. England, they, England, I don't understand how New England lost to them head to head, and yet, and yet they're behind draft them. order, they're behind. Yeah. Yep. yeah. In Alex, uh, in Paris, France, um, it's almost 5 p.m. here on a Sunday afternoon. I've just switched the TV on, and to my shock, there's a Hallmark Christmas movie on. It's the 7th of January. They're still showing Hallmark Christmas movies. It's also dubbed in French, so I'm not sure if that makes things better or worse. I also can't figure out if this is the end of the 2023 Christmas run or the beginning of the build-up to Christmas 2024. P.S. The plot of the film was about a successful actress returning to our small hometown to take control of the town's Christmas production, who also shockingly falls in love with an old friend and newly single dad. Yeah. No. Who would think of that? Yeah. Who would ever think of that? He was building the sets for the show. <laughs> I'll read one more today. Um, Scott McCourtney in Laguna, Niguel, California. Is that how that's pronounced? N-I-G-E-L? Laguna Niguel, I think. L- Laguna Niguel. The demise of the PAC 5, 8, 10, 12 conference is a tragedy. I'm an L.A. kid that spent time in northern and southern California in my youth before settling in Orange County. I didn't go to big football schools for my bachelor's and master's degree, so I rooted for the schools my family went to it, UCLA and Berkeley, and against the University of Spoiled Children, USC. I've heard that before. I really like that. (laughs) Or even Stanford. But when a California team wasn't in a big game, I rooted for one of the great schools of the PAC because it was a conference of champions in almost every sport. I knew we were in trouble when Larry Scott couldn't get a deal done with DirecTV, making a lot of the games in multiple sports outside of football only available in the Pac-12 app that was riddled with viewing problems. We had to get used to the demise of the year after year, greatness of of the Rose Bowl. But now all the teams are spread out, Big Ten, ACC, and the WAC, Mountain West. Student athletes trying to get labs and homework done in different time zones for months on end sounds extremely problematic. Therefore, once again, the working student athletes will lose as the bigwigs of each school and conference win because money always wins. I just hope they can find a rotisserie chicken of their liking in Nebraska or Michigan. Um, It is sad that the Pac-12 is going away. It is, I think Larry Scott's the worst commissioner who ever lived. By by the way, I've been saying this for about five years. (laughs) The guy that they brought in, Klyakov, he, he was all bluster. He was all, he was a charade. He was the Wizard of Oz. They, they don't, yeah. how can this be? It doesn't exist. We all grew up in the East. And everyone who grew up in the East looked longingly at the Pac-12. Yeah. Because of the weather. You know, because of the different architecture of the school. Stanford is the oh. wildest looking school in the world. I wanted to go there since I was about... Eight. Everybody would love to go to Stanford. Yeah. Stanford's the best athletic and academic school in the country by 100 miles. And now they have a road game at Syracuse next year? Syracuse. I, mean, I, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. That's insane. Yep. Get in the bus, kids. How can this thing go? I, I mean, if you told me that the Big 12 was going away, I'd say, okay, you can fold the Big 12 into the Pac-12 or the Big 10. You can't fold... The Pac-12 into anything. You can fold the ACC into the SEC and the Big Ten. Big East. Can, yeah, you yeah. can do this. Yeah. The Pac-8, Pac-10, Pac-12 stands alone out there as, I'm sorry, not to get too poetic, as the promise of the country. Oh, really, if you grow up in the East, all you want to do is go to California. You know, when you're a kid, that's what you want to do. Yeah. See California because it's nothing like what you've got. 
I'm not talking about Washington or Oregon or Arizona, this nonsense. I'm talking about the four California schools, Stanford, Berkeley, USC, UCLA. I'm talking about them, right? And Absolutely. And they're, half of them are in the Big Ten, half are in the ACC. It's, it makes no sense. No, no it stinks. And, and if you want to do it in football, I get it in football. There's only 40 schools that com- compete for the national championship in football. If you want to put together two wings of a of 20 in a 40 team conference you do east of the mississippi west of you the know, mississippi you know you can do that yeah. that that's that's fine but all the other sports this is i don't know this is clinically insane mm-hmm. what are you doing right all right if you're out on your bike tonight as always do wear white you so long ah. <laughs> <laughs> well i ain't no solid sender ain't got no smooth technique but Lordy, when a pretty little girl walked by, you know my knees are get weak, I'm all shook up. My head goes spinning round and round. She shakes me up, all right. Then treats me like some major hound. Just drag me down. Hey, ain't no college fessor. Ain't got no PhD. But come along, baby, I'll treat you right. You ain't got to worry about me. I'm all alone. Won't you make my dreams come true? It'd be so nice, so nice. Just to spend one night with you. One night with you. Let's go. Just give me one chance for our romance You know my loving is true I'm begging you please Baby, please don't walk on by You shaking me up, all right I'm begging you please don't say goodbye Don't say goodbye Come on, Kim Does it take for a soul to build? 
the parquet Then what must we give for her to tear it down I don't want you as an enemy But when I seek to understand I want to eat at the same table And make my home in the same land Let me spread light. Oh, these things will come. 